Oh, Premier League guys, never heard of it. Yeah, I'll give it a wide berth this week, Nathan. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking um, about. What, what Premier League? What's the Premier League? I've only heard of La Liga or Bundesliga or. We should lick our wounds, though. There's a few wounds yes, to lick. There's a few wounds to lick, unfortunately. And welcome back, big listeners. Whilst uh, Nathan and I are uh, drowning our sorrows, or should we be drinking our sorrows? I don't know. I think we should do a back pig, you know, tanked version. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I think, I think we deserve it after the weekend that we've uh, had. Uh, yes, both of us copying uh, three gold defeats. Shellacking's not defeats, that was shellacking. Yeah, true, true, yes. Uh, and uh, dear, dear. welcome everyone to another episode of The Pod. It's a pleasure to have your company and uh, yes, rightly so, we're both a little bit downbeat as we speak right now, but uh, we'll uh, move past it a little bit uh, in time, but... I feel as tight, um, as, the New- I feel as, tight as Newcastle United. <laughs> they all look tired, mm, to be And fair. I'm just tired of my team's performances in the rollercoaster. Stop the ride, I want to get off. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did feel your pain uh, on Sunday morning. That's why I sent you that supportive mm. text, just to see, just to check in and see how you were doing. Yeah, and I thought um, yours this morning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> although I think men you supporters are probably in the category where you do need to check in a bit more, I think. <laughs> I mean, we're still ahead of you. Yeah, I know, only by one point. I, and and I, I don't understand how that's possible given the, Neither do I. the shite season <laughs> that you guys have had. Uh, unless it's just an anomaly of the draw because we haven't, you know, played... Um, We've, look, we've played, you know, you look at who Newcastle United have played and they've played mostly top half teams. Well, it's, we just had round 15 and mm. after 19, you've played everyone. So yeah. we're getting well, pretty not quite, close to parity. Not quite. Because there are a couple of rounds or a couple of um, things where you actually, like, because it's not exactly 19. It's not like La Liga where you're playing home and away in the proper rounds. You know what I mean? There are some teams that haven't played each other, but they'll end up playing each other twice after January the 1st. I don't, think it's happened, I, don't, I don't think it happens like that in the Premier League. I'm pretty sure uh, it is a set. It has they happened before. They don't repeat the same fixtures in order, but yeah. they do get everyone to play each other once before they play mm. second. No. Uh, you got some evidence for me? Because I'm pretty confident on this. They're not uh, not, a, not to hand, but we can always look into it. But I, I uh, do re- like re- recollect, I can't exactly which years or whatever the case is, but it's been a constant thing because it's been an issue where fans have talked about, oh, we're playing... You know, and it's normally a top half team, right? A bottom half team that's complaining about playing a top half team twice, you know, um, before Christmas, for instance, or whatever the case is. It it has happened. It's been an anomaly of the computer generated draw system that uh, they use and obviously try and appease um, Sky TV. Mm, Look, I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I think they would only come about because of a rearrangement if there's been some issue with a a match being postponed. But as far as I know, they always try to get everyone to play each other once before and then play each other twice. But, Laz, we're not here to debate the fixture computer. No, debate, debate. (laughs) (laughs) Means we don't have to talk about our miserable teams. Um, Yes. yes. (laughs) I mean, neither of our English teams won this week and neither of our Spanish teams have won this weekend. Yeah, I was okay with Real Madrid, but, you know, getting a draw, but okay. Well, that's not the standout result in Spain. No, no, it's not. And, yes, we are scooting right past the Premier League. I don't know <laughs> if we're coming back. Ideally not. We might. But, we'll uh... see. <laughs> you know, we could be all over the shop today. Given, uh, you know, yeah. Just Let's just go with where the conversation takes us and we, you know, segues and all that. And if you want to go down rabbit yep. holes, well, then let's do that as well. 
Who shot, JF- who shot JFK? No idea. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and, and... <laughs> well, there wasn't any Manchester United strike because they can't hit anything. Do you reckon they? Do you reckon Anthony scores in training? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I reckon in training, it, it must be all he does is that one move that he's got. What the, the off the right the, and the big curlers of the far okay. top corner and uh, getting nowhere near the mark. I thought you were talking about that round the world thing that he's that he's trying to do. I think he's trying to stamp that out, or Ten Hag's trying to anyway, where he doesn't have the confidence to do. I don't know. We haven't really seen it that much. Fair enough. But, look. I don't understand the benefit of that anyway, but there you go. No. Unless it's just ball mastery, which it might be. I don't know. It's just showing off, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit wanky. Unless, it's a bit wanky if you ask me, but anyway. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. Mm. Uh, particularly when you're not exactly pulling up trees in terms of output. No, I know. I know. Right, Laz, you mm. want to talk about the big result in La Liga this week? I don't know how we got back on Premier League, but... Sure. Well, like, are you done with Premier League right now? Are we barring Premier League? This is un- this is unheard of. <laughs> We're definitely not a Premier League show this week. Is it too late to jump on the Fulham uh, bandwagon or what? Seriously, yes, what, is, is. what is going on there? <laughs> They've turned a corner. They sure have. It's Look, been an amazing week right. for them. And okay, so, they're so, into the top half and yep. scoring goals for fun. Let's just do a quick, quick, quick Premier League chat no, and then we'll get must. on to the no but look uh, look villa arsenal we need to mention right we do we do because we can uh we can skirt past our two clubs anyway yeah look i mean you can look we'll talk about the results quickly bournemouth i can't believe have won for the first time ever at old trafford and deserves is that win. unbelievable it, well with this current manchester united squad no but it is mm. unbelievable that bournemouth plucky old bournemouth have won a term at, at old trafford for the first time and all the men you and all the Man U fans have absolutely lost it. Yep. Absolutely Whatever lost there it. was left. <laughs> you know. Um, yes, they are a good team. And Ariel is a great coach. And we said mm-hmm. that you've got to watch this ball on the side because they've made a really good appointment. Yeah. I mean, coming into the season, I did say that I predicted them for 10th. Yeah. And which who are- might have been a little bit ambitious. But really, they're not that far off already after a poor start. And we shouldn't deride Bournemouth so much because... Nathan, who owns Bournemouth? Bill Foley. And what else does Bill Foley own, Nathan? Uh, well, he's soon to be the uh, Auckland Club, of course. Mm-hmm. And also the Las Vegas Golden Knights, which won the yes. NHL in their second or third year of existence. So He knows what he's doing, Bill Foley. He is a character to watch, that's for sure. And the- I think that holds Auckland in good stead moving forward, but uh, we'll come on to Australian football in a bit. I'm no, sure right. there's plenty of stories in Aussie Correct. football this week. Um, Cor- Correct. But yes, but Bournemouth, um, you know, are a club on the up and up, and they've you know made a very astute decision with regards to their coaching staff. It took a while to get going, but they seem to have hit their straps. And they copped a lot of stick for sacking Gary O'Neill at the back end of last season, who did a fantastic job keeping them up. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought when they went to Anfield last season and they copped mm-hmm. eight or nine, mm-hmm. whatever it was, and everyone thought they were gone at that point, myself included. Mm-hmm. And Gary O'Neill pulled them out of the fire and mm. did a fantastic job keeping them up. Yeah. It looked very harsh to sack him off the back of that. But some Premier League teams have some priors that it doesn't have to be a flaming mess to sack a coach if True. you can identify a a better appointment and someone who can take the club to the next level. And sure. now we're seeing uh, Iriola uh, do wonders there on the mm. South Coast. And yeah. if he gets some support in January, some a couple of new recruits, then hey, maybe that top half finish is on the cards. Possibly, yeah. Although you did mention uh, Wolves there, right? And the predecessor and his predecessor being um, now the manager of Wolves. And Wolves mm. seem to be okay. Yes, they had a 
a draw against um, Forest, but Wolves seem to be um, doing well under their new management, and he's moved on to a you know a bigger club as well, having uh, filled the shoes of uh, Lopetegui. But a stupid purchase from Bill Foley, there's no doubt. Oh, 100%. With regard to Bournemouth, and, right? And full, you know, and full respect to Bournemouth. Yeah. And they've got some really good players in there. Like, Sinesi's mm. a great defender. Solanke's finally found his feet. I like what I see from Kirkes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a few other players in there, too. I think they're a really underrated squad. They do need some help in January if yep. they are to yeah. push on from where they are now. But yeah. even still, I don't see them anywhere near the top race now for the rest Ooh. of the season. No, I agree with you there. Spurs back. Spurs are back. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And they're starting to get players back. Look, we'll stick on the positive side of this for uh, yourself. No, no sure. And, but Spurs, uh, Spurs are back. <laughs> the Spurs, Aussie side of the conversation. The Spurs, Spurs side. Spurs are back. Uh, they're starting to get players back. Um, as long as Romero doesn't lose his head because he, you know, again had another ugly tackle. Yeah. yeah, you know. But anyway, he was close. To, he was close to going for that. Yeah, yeah, he was. But yeah, Spurs look like they're, um, they're you know they're back and they're going to find their groove again. Um, and they'll be playing in the conference. I feared going into this game. You know, I was very uneasy. I've been very uneasy about the last two games, Everton and Spurs away, both of them. But um, I think everyone's got an eye on Thursday in Newcastle. So hopefully, uh, you know, the yeah. crowd can pull them through on Thursday morning. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to need it. We'll cover off match day six of the Champions League, mm. both the um, European and Asian varieties, I, mm. I guess, mm. Mm. Uh, later on in the pod. But sure, um, Newcastle are... Needing some players back themselves, and yeah. it showed. Trippier looked so tired. Man, they're all tired. They're, yeah. they're, they're all knackered, you can see. And like, look. It, mm, like Son absolutely cooked him for yeah. the first goal, second goal, yeah. whichever one it was. And you don't normally see that. No. You don't normally see that. They're, they're, they are all cooked. So it should only just be resting now, really. Rest and recovery. They shouldn't be training. Mm. Whatever it is, they should just do tactical and be light as far as load is concerned. But, you know. It, you've got to trust Eddie Howe and his coaching staff to, um, you know, to try and get these players through because it's it's been and it's probably the most trying period to be fair since Eddie Howe's taken over as well, which says a lot. He, you know, because yeah, he sure. did face a, bat- a relegation battle as well. But um, you know, so but it's a big result for Ange after yeah, huge, five huge. games without a win. Yeah, I think some of the conversation was turning in the last week regarding Boscoglu and yeah. his tenure so far. Was it was it the case that uh, they the English press saw a chink in the armor, perhaps, and Correct. they tried to exploit it? They tried to uh, exactly you uh, nailed, exploit you nailed that it. as much as they could. You I nailed it. They tried it. That's right. But Ange is uh, way too clever for that, and uh, he's seen this all before. And the fact that uh, it's, he, it's, it's know, not it's not too yeah. far removed from the Scottish press as well. So um, anytime uh, that there's a little bit of a dodgy report in the press, then he knows how to deal with it and yeah. see through it. And that's what we saw this morning. A Tottenham side who are looking back to close to where they were. Mm. Of course, they're not going to be the same team until Matters comes back. But Kulisewski through the middles of Revelation. Yeah, that's I true. They haven't tried that before. Yeah, no, very well said. Very well said. Yes, he played very well. Look, and and back to your point about Andrew, right? Uh, you are right. He's too clever for that. And the fact that he's just been so open as far as you know, being honest with regards to where the team is at and. Putting it back on the press and going, you know what? And, and it, it, just with his authenticity rather than anything else, it's actually a bit quite refreshing to see his demeanour and the way that he actually speaks to them. Um, Brendan Rogers with an accent. Oh, look, yeah, spare me. I mean, this is BS. <laughs> it really is. And 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 those Spurs journalists ought to be, you know, want to have a look at themselves because they obviously haven't done their research on what and on who Ange is 
right? And, you know, you brought up Brendan Rodgers. I see that uh, the wheels are starting to fall off at Celtic slightly. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't going to take very long. It's it's starting to look like Leicester 2.0, which is a bit of a worry for Celtic. I mean, worst case scenario for Celtic, they finish second. (laughs) But that's catastrophic (laughs) for Celtic, right? Yeah, it is. Especially (laughs) with the influx of European money that they get because Rangers doesn't, you know, Rangers aren't featuring in the Champions League. This nope. season. So, you and know. they're in a, a very tight contest on Friday morning for qualification of the knockouts for the Europa League. They might be dropping down to the conference themselves. But, yeah, uh, as I say, more on that later on. Um, Celtic, they are not the same team. No. I know their results wise, they've been all right, but you can tell. No, you can. They're exactly. Not the same. They're not the same. And that's down and, to the man. And that's down to the manager, Nathan. It is. It is. It is. But it's hard to judge like what success even is for Celtic because. Their range is so small for what they can actually realistically achieve. Like, can they yeah. finish third in the Champions League group? Maybe. Can they finish second? No. No. Can they finish third in the league? Probably not. So, any given season for Celtic, they're finishing top two domestically and bottom two continentally. It's a bit same same, isn't it? Yeah, but he, uh, but when people are saying that it's just Brendan Rodgers with an accent, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Because yeah. for a start, Brendan Rodgers couldn't do what Andrew's done at Spurs. <laughs> it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it's that simple, right? So yeah, uh, like I said, I think these journalists need to pull their heads in a bit. But um, and yes, okay, maybe I'm a bit defensive of Ange, but and I'm a fan. But um, the the facts speak for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. that's it. Yeah. Um, but one fact that speaks for itself is Aston Villa taking care of Arsenal. Yeah, we have to talk about the Villa. Okay. Two one nil wins against the two best sides from last season. I know what you're going to ask me now. I'm not going to ask you because I know the answer. Um, I'm not sure if they are or not. I'm still waiting. To, uh, like I said, I think I want to see are. them. I, I still think that they they're a top four. Can they? So look, I think they're top four. I think they finished top four. Yeah, that's Basically. not the question. <laughs> the title race. The, I think the title race is going to be wide open. And yeah, look, because it's so wide open, maybe they are. But they're fourth favorite for the title race. But come back to us at the end of January, six weeks' time. Sure, yep. I'm not suggesting that they're favourites to win the league, but are they in the race? Absolutely they are. If Palace were able to hold on to something at the end of their game against Liverpool, Villa being top at Christmas was a possibility, which is is just ridiculous. And their team is so good. Mm. The squad, how they play, what Unai Emery's doing there is fantastic. And he's... um, Got some unfinished business in the Premier League. He, that he does. From his, from his time at Arsenal. Oh. And on the continent as well with PSG. Uh-huh. At, so he's uh, got a little bit of something to prove at the top tables of football, not just sure. doing well in the Europa League with Sevilla or Villarreal. I want to see how they do at away from home a bit more against the big ones. That's going to be their undoing. It's the away yeah. form. All right. Yeah. So... At at home, they're just going to be very very difficult to uh, to deal with. But it's the away to the other teams that are you know away to Man City, away to Arsenal. You know they're the ones that are going to be tricky for them. But um, look, I like what I see so far from them. Uh, they've been fairly entertaining. Arsenal, I thought, would manage to get something out of that game because they've been determined to get results throughout the season, and that's two teams, uh, Newcastle and Villa, that they haven't been able to get a result out of on, on the road. But generally, they've been okay away from home. Um, so, yeah, I, I like what I see with, with Villa so far. And I think they're, they're definitely going to be a – they're going to have an impact, in, uh, you know, on the other chan- – on the chances of the teams that are around them 
that are in the title race. I still in their favour is this title race that there's so many teams around them that are so good and pretty close together. There's going to be a lot of points to be made up across the season. And that goes for all the teams up there. I think this season, unlike others, we have four, maybe five clubs that can all take points off each other on any given day. Plus those that are in, say, the sixth to tenth bracket. I would say the top seven would take points off each other except for Man U. Because Man U, no, and, and I'm not I'm saying that respectfully because Man U have a knack of taking the results away from the teams that are just below them. It's just they're the teams that are around them that they have an issue with or above them or just, you know, or just yeah. one or two spots below them. Against any club but still that has a, a decent, competent style about them, have anything yeah, about them correct. whatsoever in United Fold. Um, but that's that's the reason why Villa are in it because there are correct. points being taken off other teams. Yeah, that top seven to eight, I think, um, could you know, anyone can beat anyone on a given day, right? Like City have already dropped 15 points, I think, this season. Mm, mm, yep. At their peak, they don't drop 20. And and out of the and out of the league cup already, yeah. So and they struggled at Luton, even with Rodri back in. Oh, uh, well, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to speak about that. Yeah, they did mm. struggle at Luton, and full credit to Luton. Geez, they've been close. Yeah, and they've yeah. been close yeah. on occasions, and I feel for them because you, I think that, funnily enough, any team that thinking about it and look, looking at the results that they've had at home, they've lost to the top three at home, top four. At home, actually. Well, they haven't played Villa yet. Sorry, top five. So they've played four of the top five, right, at home. At Kenworth Road, yeah. Yeah. And they have um, they haven't managed to win against them, right? But they've been close. They've been in every game. They've been in every game there. So, you know. They've all been one goal defeats, I think, have they? They have, they have been. And based on that, yeah. I think they're just going to miss out on actually surviving. I mean, you, you it's snag- not the games against City and Arsenal that are going to get you relegated. It's the games against... Sure. Nottingham Forest of the world, which yeah, they yeah, got a I point agree. out of. I agree, but but the point is, if I you think can, they if need you can to take a... that sort of performance from this weekend into their other games. Yeah, correct. Yes, I, there's a bit more expectation, a bit more uh, requirement to go forward and actually do something against these other teams rather than just sitting back and hoping for a point. And that's what my point was. Pardon the pun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I don't they don't have enough going forward. No, they don't. Like any team can sit in a low block and hope and eke out a, a narrow defeat. They they can't put a team to bed. No. They get ahead, but they can't kill it off. And that's where no. the trouble is. Yeah. And you need and to be that's able- just down mm. to their quality. It is. Yeah. Because financially, it's, they're a massive way behind pretty much everyone else in the league. And that squad is still a championship squad. Mm. I would hazard to say that that Luton team wouldn't get promoted this season. Probably not. Probably not. You need we to are. be able you need to be able to kill off teams. I mean, okay, and let's say, you know, they're not killing off the best teams right in the Premier League. But, you know, that and that's where you've made a, a correct point there, Nathan, is with regards to the quality that they lack. Now, I think they would be in playoff contention for promotion, but they might not necessarily get it if they were in the championship. But the championship is a different kettle of fish. Um, so right now. So yeah. I I think that like we've said before, though, I think the three that came up are going down. Uh, Everton at home are going to be just a nightmare to play because they, you know, the crowd's behind them now. They've forgotten. It's funny how they've forgotten about the ownership issues. Yep, it's a new enemy in town, yep. I suppose. Correct. So, and um, Goodison Road is just a feral place. I mean, with all yep, due respect, to Everton supporters, right? <laughs> it's but they've turned it into a cauldron, right? Because of their angst. So, in effect, the Premier League have done Everton a favour by actually docking them 10 points because they've woken up a giant 
What did uh, Andy Harper say on commentary on Friday night? It was a um, I can't remember. A, uh, it was a firework up the derriere or something like that. Yeah, there's something like that. He has a he's a wordsmith. He has a way with words, yes. Andy Harper. I'll give him that. <laughs> sometimes it sometimes it leaves you straight scratching your head. <laughs> if you did say you know a firecracker up the derriere, well then. Mm. Uh, with regard to Everton, well, yeah, it's hard to disagree. Not regard to Everton, it was regard to the one of the clubs he was uh, right, okay. Hard to disagree it, with. It, it, it applies. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with. Hard to disagree yeah. with. And mm. it seems as though the pressure is then on the Premier League. They're, they're the enemy, not Correct. an internal force, be it the manager, be it the player, be it the ownership. At home, and, they're going to be a nightmare. They're going to be a nightmare. I mean, Chelsea were non-existent today again. I mean, okay, James injured, what have you. Yes, it's sad to see. It's so sad to see someone like Chris James be injured. You know, I feel sorry for him. But so do I. Chelsea have nothing. It's a real shame because the guy has so much talent and everyone says uh, he's made of glass. I think it's getting to the point where that's an insult to glass. Ouch. Ouch. But no, I do feel sorry for him. And as soon as you saw Levi Colwell warming up on the sideline, getting ready to come on, you just knew it was for Reese James. Mm. Yeah, it's just a shame. It's just a shame. I hope you hopefully you can get his body right. He, he does definitely definitely needs to do some work away from the field on it. Um, it's really sad to see, actually. You don't want to see anyone go through those kind of struggles. Yeah. But and anyway, anyhow, thing is, Chelsea need him. That they do. That that's a player that Chelsea does need. I don't know mm. about the fifty-four other players they have, but what well, saying he wants more. <laughs> well, he's got about twenty to get rid of first. <laughs> But yeah, um, anyhow, anyhow, yeah. anyhow. But um, yeah, any anything else? Quickly take your eye with regard to the Premier League before we move on to La Liga and any other leagues and stories that uh, took our fancy over the past few days. I think we're good for Premier League. I'm more okay. than happy to move Done. on. Done. Move on. <laughs> you wanted to talk about La Liga, Les? Yes. You wanted I'll, to talk about Barcelona to... two, Girona four. Well, not really. Actually, first off, yes, we will talk about that. But um, Betis, mm. right? their toy drive. I love that every year. Yeah. You know, how, how the supporters just throw their teddy bears and stuffed toys down on the pitch. And it's just something that warms the cockles of your heart. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, and what a club. They're a great club. They're a great Spanish club. Um, and they uh, hosted Real Madrid and Billy Goal again. Again, but it wasn't a winner. <laughs> it wasn't a winner this time, but geez, it was a great goal. It was yeah. a great goal. And look, that was a cracking game too, to be honest. It's a cracking game. It was end-to-end Isco. My Lord. You know, he's gone back to his uh, boyhood club and just, you know, he's just thriving there. And what a class player he was. You know, much underrated, I think, for Spain and and uh, Real Madrid. But geez, you know, top player and top display for Betis and uh, Pellegrini, you know, getting the best out of Betis. They're a great club. It's always a good they watch. Are, they are. And they've been aside in European places the last few years. They've mm. been knocking on the door of being the best of the rest outside of the big three. It's hotly contested for this season. you got the two Basque clubs in there. and mm. it's, yep. it's a good contest, this, for uh, fourth through to seventh, I suppose. And Betis are a great team and great supporter base. And that uh, Seville derby is something special. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But let's talk about your club. Go on. There's not a whole lot to report on this week. Um, <laughs> we should say that the match away at uh, Granada got called off after 17 minutes. Correct. Because uh, there was, unfortunately, a supporter who lost their life in the stands. Yeah, very sad. And The goalkeeper is... was alerted, uh, from, and then the goalkeeper alerted the referee, from what I understand, yeah. Yeah, Uno Simon was the one who mm. raised the concern. But 
the issue was that they couldn't get a, a defib out to him soon enough, which seems ridiculous to me. It's often thrown around that if you get to have a cardiac arrest, have it at a football ground because because mm, the defib's it. already there. Uh, there, yeah. So I don't know what happened in this one, but it took mm. way too long for them to get one going and get it out to the supporter. And unfortunately, that um, matchgoer has lost his life. Yeah. And rightly so, the game was abandoned to be resumed in the morning. The backpackers will and definitely yeah. know the result of that one. That's right. By the time I listen to this, but... I mean, it's just a sad state, isn't it? And yeah. Atleti Club retain a, a 1-0 lead going yeah. into the resumption. Hopefully so it's a, a, yeah. a bigger story from this game. Yeah, hopefully it's a wake-up call for the authorities just to ensure that, you know, there are the provisions on, at these grounds for supporters as well. Yeah, sympathies to everyone involved with that. It, it, was, it was a sad story that, was, that uh, caught my eye over the weekend, uh, as it caught yours, Nathan. But there is another story uh, which, you know, is a bit lighthearted. Barcelona. Losing at home to their Catalan rivals, Girona. Their new Catalan rivals. Aren't they what? (laughs) (laughs) Les, they weren't even that good against Barca. They weren't at their best. They they weren't at their best. No, that's true. I've seen them play. I've seen them play better this season. I've seen them play better this season against Barcelona. Barcelona, Mm. yeah, something's not clicking there at Barcelona. Uh, But look, I think Xavi will get it right eventually. I hope it it doesn't happen this season. But having said that, but I think Girona, Girona are in a title race as well. Yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing if you have Girona winning La Liga, Villa winning the Prem, and not Bayern winning the Bundesliga? Which we'll get on There's, to in a minute. We will. There's uh, some new clubs at the top tables in some well, of these leagues, which is I, amazing to see. I think Real will get Girona at the end. Probably. Right, probably. But I think Girona will finish top four. And oh yeah, more and more than likely, we'll probably finish second or third. Mm, I say third, I reckon, behind Atleti. Behind Atleti, yeah, behind Atletico. Atletico. yeah, yep, behind uh, Simeone. Mm-hmm. Simeone's Atletico Madrid, La Puta. But yes, um, is fourth enough for Xavi to uh, get his marching orders? I think it would be of great concern to Barcelona, but I think they've got bigger fish to fry, like the uh, corruption allegation. Yeah, because they really put their foot in that one. That they did, that they did, and uh, the stadium at the moment, their temporary stadium is not great at all. Yeah, that's the old Olympic Stadium from the 1992, and Espanol were the tenant there. So Girona is the third biggest club in Catal in the Catalonia, from what I can gather. Mm, yeah, my you know Mallorca would probably, even though it's not part of the province of Catalonia, it's not that far from Barcelona, so it's you know probably falls under the uh, you know the Catalan language, I guess, but. Yeah, uh, Girona's a crazy story. Crazy story. But, Nathan, can you clarify for us, mm. for those of us that don't know, what would happen if Girona qualifies for the gets a Champions League spot, one of the top four spots? Because who owns Girona? Uh, yes, uh, the City Football Group do Correct. have a significant stake of uh, Girona. Uh-huh. And it's not a case of CFG just pumping money into this club. They are on a small budget. Compared to their Spanish rivals, they are, I think I saw 12th, I think, in terms mm. of budget, mm. somewhere in that midst. So it shows that they are still having a massively overachieving season for where Correct. they are on the table now. And Correct. what CFG can provide is professionalism off the boardroom and the scouting network and Correct. the analytics and all that, Correct. which does inherently improve your football club moving forward. But in terms of them qualifying for the Champions League, I think UEFA might have to uh, speed up that. Um, amendment to the rules that they've been teasing with regards to multi-club ownership. I think you're right. 
because I, I don't think it's fair that the players are drawing to miss out on the Champions League. Yeah. I know you're against, you know, multi-club ownership fundamentally, which is cool, which we've covered off here, which is a great conversation to have. But Yeah, football colonialism, yeah. That's right, as you call it. Uh, football <laughs> heritage, no. <laughs> no. I want to hear, I want to hear Mourinho say football colonialism. But, um, uh, you know, as my friend uh, Nathan Gould says. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, respect, respect, respect. Put respect <laughs> on Nathan's name. Yeah, uh, but I digress. I, I I think it would be a shame for the players at Girona to actually miss out on Champions League if they deserve it. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, and so yes, Sefran's been talking up changes at UEFA in mm. regards to this. It needs to happen, I think. Yeah, it does. As much it, as I dislike it, yeah, it's not the genie's not getting put back in the bottle, and it's just how we manage this situation now moving Correct. forward. Correct, and correct. Maybe you can put in an upper limit on a stake, but even then, I don't see that nah, being it, a, a real solution. That is just a band-aid. It's not fair to the players or to the coaching staff, I think, mm-hmm. and the supporters. So, yeah. yeah uh, but um, I think that rule does need to change. Is that it for Spain? I think that is it, Laz. Shall we yeah. jump over uh, to the north? You want to go to Germany? Let's do it. One thing we need to mention before we get to the weekend that just was, mm. just talk about the week that just passed preceding that. Saarbrücken. Yep, they did it again. They did it again. They are through and, and to the last game. eight of the Pokal. Oh, watch this game. They put, beat Frankfurt at Frankfurt. They beat Eintracht Frankfurt in Frankfurt. This is just nuts. And then Frankfurt like, went to beat Bayern 5-1. <laughs> well, which we're going to get to in a minute. <laughs> I mean, Eintracht Frankfurt are playing in the uh, Conference League and, and all that, and it's just absolutely bizarre to me that this third division side can have this kind of run where they knock over Bayern and Eintracht Frankfurt. It's just brilliant. And they're in the quarterfinals. Looking at the draw, I saw Leverkusen against Stuttgart. So obviously one of them are going out. Hmm. The rest of it, like Gladbach are the ones, I think, to go next up against Saarbrücken. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past Saarbrücken the, to the knock off <laughs> the other, another Bundesliga club. Really, it's looking like a wide open cup this year. Go Saarbrücken. And you can say go Saarbrücken. I say go St. Pauli. Also, I was just going to say, or St. Pauli, for that matter. <laughs> I yes. want to see Jackson Irvine lift the uh, DFB Pokal. And, <laughs> and Conor Metcalf. And, and, yeah, yeah. So, and St. Pauli actually played um, Hamburg in, in the league and also in the Pokal consecutively. Mm. And uh, managed to, uh, well... The league we covered off uh, the weekend, like last week, because of the comical own goal, that the most comical own goal you'll ever see. And if you haven't seen it, please go and find it. It is just hilarious. <laughs> yes. Which we mentioned in last week's episode. So, so but so <laughs> it is good. so good. But, uh, you know, this yeah, and the Pokal that uh, just passed, um, St. Pauli get the win again. So in a matter of days. So, yes, they go through to the quarterfinals as well. Interesting competition this year in the poker, that's for sure. And but, it is, and yeah. it's great to see so many second and, in mm. this case, third division clubs mm. get through to the uh, latter stages. And uh, that's the beauty of a cup competition. Sure. Unless you're talking about the Coppa Italia. Go on. Because they have it seeded, and some of the best clubs only come into the last 16 or the last eight even. That's true. And that is true. As a result, I, I think I saw a stat that uh, if – you're looking at the recent winners. The last one to come out of the uh, well, there wasn't one of the big six in Italy. So Napoli, both clubs based in Milan, uh, both clubs based in Rome, and um, Juventus. Mm-hmm. The last one, 
Well, the last winner of the Coppa Italia that wasn't one of those was uh, Palma back say, in uh, 02 uh, 03. I was going to say it's either Fiorentina or Palma, one of those two. Mm. So there you go. Yeah, which is a shame, really. It is. It is. It should just be a proper draw and just off you go. Yeah. I agree. But let's get a buy-in. Let's do it. And what the heck happened? <laughs> and uh, what I shouldn't happened? laugh because... You should, uh, you should because it's looking good for you for next Wednesday, baby. No, it's not. No, it is not. <laughs> Quite the opposite. <laughs> They've awoken so, the beast, I think. <laughs> So you didn't go, oh, that's that's funny. You just went, oh, my goodness. What have they done? Yeah, yeah. we are going to get spanked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Fine, an absolute mess. Absolute mess. Outplayed in every aspect. And I don't know where they go from here. Like, yes, they'll probably put three or four or more goals past United in the Champions League. But for their total race, look, they may still go and win it. They probably will, let's be honest. But it's all looking good at the moment. Leverkusen... Looking like a great team. I'm not sure. Stuttgart are a great team. Yeah, yeah. Dortmund and Leipzig are a bit further back. I don't know if they can get it together enough to really mount a proper challenge. But Bayern, well, I still reckon they'll win it, but they're not the same. I'm not convinced that they will win it. Look, I, I don't think you can lose 5-1 and actually turn it around like that. I mean, yes, everyone well, has an off day, but geez, come on. Bayern lost 5-1 to Frankfurt a year or two ago and they still won the league. Yeah, they should, yeah. Well, then, okay. It's unlikely. Maybe it just happens in Germany. But I'll tell you what, to lose to Eintracht Frankfurt 5-1, who lost to Saarbrücken in the cup, like that we just said, that's just insane. It really is insane. And Bayern were outclassed. This is the same Eintracht Frankfurt that lost at home to Pauk in the Conference League. Eintracht yeah. Frankfurt were not in form going into this game. But this performance just comes out and you just go, where did this come from? It's absolutely bananas. It's ridiculous. And, I mean, it's good to see a German title race and it's good to see a, a vulnerable Bayern because it was getting a little bit same old, same old in the Bundesliga. And I've said it multiple times this season, I think the Bundesliga is a great watch. It is a fun league at the best of times to, to follow anyway because the quality of football isn't that bad. It's actually quite enjoyable. And there's always goals in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, there was always plenty of goals and it was good to see. Very much so. Very much so. Laz, shall we... Uh, Change tact, or you want to talk about um, Leverkusen Stuttgart a little bit? We can talk about Leverkusen Stuttgart. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, we need to. I think. I think that's the fact that you know Leverkusen just. I'm just gobsmacked by them and the way that they've taken the Xabi Alonso's tutelage. He won't be there for long, will he? I don't think so. <laughs> and look, they'd want to keep them there for as long as they can. That's for sure. But something tells me he'll move. Be uh, you know on the move in the next twelve to twenty-four months. I would say, suggest probably. Leverkusen did miss the chance, though, to uh, capitalise on Bayern's faltering. Uh, they only managed a point, but it shows that Stuttgart are a great team themselves, and I, I like watching uh, Garassi play. He's fantastic. I, I agree with you. I was just going to be facetious and say, oh, my God, Leverkusen dropped points. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, look, they're having an incredible season, phenomenal season, right? And you're right with Stuttgart, actually. They've been very entertaining as well. And they've played some quality football. They're a good watch. They are. They very much are. And mm. look, Leverkusen, they're having a great time with it. They've only had two draws all season. The rest have been wins. Correct. It's, I think, they're, they're not the most popular club in Germany based on their uh, ownership and correct <laughs> everything that goes with that. So it's a shame that they don't have this massive wave of neutrals backing them all the way. I'm sure they're still getting it to some extent that it may not be buying who win the Bundesliga, but yeah. compare it to, say, a, a Dortmund or someone a little bit further down, say, mm. a, um, 
the Gladbach or something like that, if they mm. were in that position, uh, the wave of support would be uh, even stronger. No, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Uh, I see when you're in Berlin, they've managed to chalk up a win. Oh, long last. <laughs> long last, which, which is good to see. So hopefully they can turn a corner and uh, try and stave off relegation. Which come into the season, that was their target, which raised some eyebrows at the time. But they were saying back in August, the goal for the season is to stay up, coming off their fourth place finish the year before. Probably realising that they were you know, going to go on a European journey, which... They've never really He's had experience. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but they've never really had experience in dealing with that before. So, you know, just enjoy the experience and make the most of it and see what see where it gets you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, you where know, shall we go, Les? And maybe go again the year after. Can we stay in Germany? Oh, let's do it. Hertha Berlin. Mm-hmm. Hertha, Ber- Hertha Berlin have signed a YouTuber with 1 million subscribers to a professional contract. What? Really? Indeed. I mean, I know they're a second division side now on the triple seven, but I didn't think they'd uh, gone that low in terms of the uh, in terms of the barrel. Have you so heard? Of, have you heard of Jindawi? No, I've not heard of him. Okay, but I don't know what he does, but apparently he's a YouTuber, and he helped um, you know, Hertha, Hertha Berlin to a victory in the uh, Pokal as well. Oh, so he played. Mm. And he's made it his professional just a, a marketing no, 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 no. He's made a professional debut for the club at age 27. Hmm. So good luck to him. Good luck to him indeed. Yeah. So there you go. Now we can move out of Germany, if you like, into Milan. Good win again. Yeah. Maybe they should stick with the Transformers uh, logo on their jerseys. It's, yeah. I mean, Inter Milan sponsored by Paramount. It's a bit similar to uh, Barcelona with Spotify, where they Correct. have the uh, one off hits that, uh, go over their um different offerings. It's, it's a bit strange. But uh, again, that's part and parcel of the uh, the deals you sign. And hey, they might sell some more kits if they uh, have a, a strong supporter base who uh, like Transformers and Inter Milan. There you go. I think they might. I think they might. I think those jerseys might become a bit of a uh, collector's item in years to come. Yeah. Big surprise in uh, not the Milan derby, but sort of a Milan derby, Atalanta and uh, AC Milan. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very true. Very true. Although Does that give that... you a little bit of confidence for uh, Thursday? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, look, it's, I think Thursday, I mean, we'll touch on it later, but I think Thursday is just a completely different beast altogether as far as Newcastle United is concerned. Uh, whilst Milan have been there before and, you know, it'll be just another game to them, whilst it's more than a game for Newcastle on Thursday morning or Wednesday night UK time. So, yeah, it's gonna, definitely going to make for interesting viewing. But we'll get on to the Champions League uh, later on. But Yes. Um, yeah, look, uh, Juventus-Napoli played. What did you make of it? I mean... Juventus getting the chocolate? Yeah, just about. I mm. mean, it would have been more impressive last season, of course, but Napoli still haven't hit their stride yet. Yeah. Juventus, they, they're all right this season. Mm. I think they are better than last, but still not there, I don't think, for mine. Look, it's into Skidetto to lose at this point. I think you're right. I think you're right. Lataro Martin is, is just having a phenomenal season at Milan, at Inter Milan, I should say. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. And he uh, gets a bit of stick, Lataro, because he's, uh, I don't know, in an Argentina shirt like it was at the World Cup. He wasn't really hitting the straps, and he ended up being second fiddle to... Um, Alvarez. Alvarez. Mm. Yep. But for Inter, he's fantastic. Uh, he's, he's a phenomenal player. He plays like a number 10 like for that side. Mm. You know, so 
the fact that he can play, take, you know, come into that role and, you know, as a great striker to boot, I think, you know, that that is quite a, a big thing for Inter Milan to try and regain their, their status as Italy's premier club. Yeah. Les, shall we cover off some Champions League stuff now while yeah, we're still let, doing let, the Euro talk? And sure, let's go for it. Because there's a whole host of uh, Aussie football news. Yeah, Which uh, we may move on to uh, sure. shortly. Indeed. But it is match day six of the Champions League, Europa League and Conference League coming up this weekend. Uh, we've well, this touched week. plenty yep. of times, this week I should say, yes. And we've touched plenty of times over uh, the uh, group of death. Yes. Can Newcastle pull it out of the fire? And would you rather finish fourth or third? Mm, right now, don't want to finish third. Don't want to finish third. If if you're not playing Champions League, with the way this squad is at the moment, they need all the rest they can get. So, you know, I I, I think a Europa League campaign would just be too arduous because their travel is more, to be honest, or the risk of travel is a lot more. Yes, it's a knockout phase game. Yes, it's, you know, I just think that I'd rather finish second and play the Champions League proper. Oh, of course, because it's because yeah. it, it's a bit more it's a it, it's a bit more meaningful, you know. The Europa League is a great competition. Let's let's not kid ourselves. It's a great competition. Right? Well, second was not on the table for what I offered you. <laughs> yes, it was. Second is is either second or fourth. I heard second or fourth. Right? Maybe I heard what I want to hear, but that's okay. Maybe I got that trophy from my kids, but because they, they they act like that too. <laughs> they hear what they want to hear. Second or fourth, I, I heard. Now, if uh, I don't want to finish third, no, I don't want to finish third. That's what I'm saying. Especially second. when you've got the second. likes of Liverpool and yeah. and Co. who are in the Europa League this season. Yeah. I, it's not like it has been in the past where you're looking mm. at Europa League and thinking, oh yeah, no. you might have a good chance of winning that. Correct. It's so many games and there's so many good teams in there now. Correct. That it is a bit of a crapshoot. Yeah. So I'd be happy with second or fourth because it's either Champions yep. League or. You know, have uh, the midweeks off. As would I for Manchester United in Group A. Okay. Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think that man you can get through? Is no. the game? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> Look, Newcastle's chances are higher than what Manu's chances are. Mm-hmm. That they are. I think. Yeah, there's no debating that. And you need Dortmund to do you a favour over in Germany. Newcastle just needs the better PSG's result. You may not be able to if uh, Dortmund have their foot off the gas. That's the trouble. Because, yes, they've already qualified. Mm. They probably and still want to finish top. I would so, say so. But, I mean, first or second for Dortmund, still a good result. Everyone was I, predicting them to be bottom of this group. I think first so, would be a great result for them. Oh, it would be. Do they care as much as if their qualification was on the line? No. Yeah, but they would care. Mm. Oh, yeah. They would They would care. If they finish but first, PSG, they would yeah. PSG will be more motivated. If they're going to Dortmund, right? The yellow wall, it's not going to be easy for PSG. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's not foreign to them, but I think PSG would not be looking forward to this trip. They would not be looking forward to going to Dortmund. No. Either way. No, that won't be. Right? So I, I think Dortmund are going to really make it uncomfortable for uh, PSG. Can PSG... Yeah, I, I reckon you might see a, a double draw. It's on the cards. I hope yeah. not. It, it's on the cards, but I hope not. I just hope that the players are fresh enough to be able to... And the crowd actually just lifts the players just to a... Performance level where um, it's raucous and they just knock over Milan. I take the one nil at St James's Park at nil all at Dortmund. And thank you very much. Sounds all right, doesn't it? Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Do you see Copenhagen and Galatasaray having a draw? I do. But you I don't do. Think, I you, do you, see you know? that. I, yes, I yes, I do see that happening. A draw. Mm-hmm. 
But do I see Manchester United beating Bayern Munich? No, I do not. Okay. Do I see Manchester United getting a point out of Bayern Munich? No, I do not. Wow. So you're really optimistic on this one, aren't you? No, yeah, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I'm the exact same as you. I'd much rather finish fourth and third. Mm. And I think just the amount of games that you play in the Europa League is just crazy. And having the midweeks off to get on the training park, I think it'd be much more valuable. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with that. And look, there shouldn't be a question of motivation for this game for Manchester United, but it'll just be a question of quality. Bayern Munich don't lose in Europe, but especially mm. in the group stage. And look, maybe a point is possible. If Copenhagen can get a point out of Bayern, then United can as well. But yeah. realistically, we're not going to win. So right now, as it stands, we've got through to the round of 16, Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, Inter Milan, Lazio, RB Leipzig, Manchester City, PSV Eindhoven, Real Madrid, and Real Sociedad. And this week's fixtures are Lons and Sevilla, PSV versus Arsenal, um, Manchester United versus Bayern, which is the stand game on Wednesday morning, Inter versus Real Sociedad, Copenhagen versus Galatasaray, Napoli versus Braga, Salzburg versus Benfica, and Union Berlin versus Real Madrid. That's on Wednesday morning, Sydney time, whilst Thursday... You've got Red Star Belgrade versus Manchester City. Jeez, that's going to be a fun trip for Manchester City. Kennel, Kenilworth <laughs> they don't Road. need this game, do they? <laughs> Kenilworth Road and Red Star. Jeez. Yeah, they don't need this game, City. I hope they make Manchester City walk with the tunnel under the ground. Leipzig versus Young Boys. <laughs> Antwerp versus Barcelona. Atletico Madrid versus Lazio. Celtic versus Feyenoord. Dortmund versus Paris. Newcastle versus Milan. And there's 6.55 uh, a.m. kickoffs. Uh, and Porto versus Shakhtar Donetsk. That's, look, yes, it's at the same time, isn't it, as the, uh, actually, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Yeah, no, they're on, on the same look, time, just different groups. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, it's a shame that that game's on at the same time as the group of death fixtures because yeah, that Porto-Shakhtar game is mouth-watering. Yeah, it is. Both teams are level on points. Barca are through. Mm. Only one can go through to the knockouts. And it is a straight knockout. If it's a draw, it favours Porto. But yep. that is what we like about the final round of matches. Correct. And yes, there's other games there to decide who tops the group and who goes through in second. But at the end of the day, the race to see who qualifies is much more entertaining for me. And that's uh, Newcastle's group as well as this game here. And Yeah, I agree. On uh, the Wednesday games, it is Group A. Mm-hmm. That's right. Very, very much so. Very much so. Most of the rest is already settled and just... Maybe some first and seconds jostling, maybe some third and fourth for your Europa League qualification, but correct. That's all by the by. Yep, yep, very true, very true. It'll be look either way. It'll make for interesting viewing, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch uh, the live status of all these groups. Yeah, and the feed they do is fantastic on Stan. The uh, the overall feed, yes, like the goal rush s, yeah, the the goal rush s, yep, yep. I yep. forget what, what Stan call it, but yeah, I love that. So mm, that that's a great you see that's, everything. That's a great way to watch football. And uh, very exciting match day six in prospect. Um, Agree. Laz, shall we come down to this part of the world? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, One stop on the way. Yep. I was just going to say, we should mention, obviously, like you mentioned earlier, that Stan will also be showing the Europa League games Mm. and Conference League games on Friday morning. Yes, that they are. And there's a whole host of them, which are very interesting. Very interesting. So, yeah, keep an eye out on those on Friday morning because... There'll be great, some great football to watch as well. That will be. Laz, we should mention, uh, Kevin Musket has decided to leave Yokohama. Correct. At the end of the season. Uh, still 
one final game in match day six of the Asian Champions League to come this week, but it looks as though Muskie is uh, seeking passes new. Correct. And one Harry Kill is touted to be mm. replacing him, which is uh, very interesting. They've got a thing for Aussie coaches, Yokohama. That's three in a row now if it is to be Harry Kill. Good luck to them. I think it's pretty clever on their part. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, though. Because of Ange. Is that it? They, they're yearning for Ange, just like Celtic are. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Always leave them wanting more, I guess. That's it. That's it. But where do we see Kevin Musser going? To Europe? Good question, Nathan. Uh, look, he was much touted for that Rangers role. Hmm. Not sure. I suspect he will end up in Europe, yeah. Perhaps as, uh, perhaps as an assistant somewhere. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a watch the space. Definitely a watch the space. Yeah, and we shall continue down to Australian football, Laz. Mm. So many stories this week, and I wanted to kick off here with yep. one that has just come out in the last half an hour or so, so you probably wouldn't have seen it. Um, definitely wouldn't it have seen it. It is uh, impactful for the Asian Cup, mm-hmm. and it is the captain of the soccer Roos, Matty Ryan. Yep. is undergoing surgery to uh, repair his fractured cheekbone. I was not aware that this was the case. So, yes. Mm. So that's just come out, has it? Yes. Wow. Okay. Breaking news. Mm. Who would replace him? It's got to be Tom Glover. I would th- I would have thought so. I don't think Joe Gauchi would be able to right now. No. Maybe maybe as a squad player, but uh, like there have been a couple of things that I've noticed in this game which of late which um, make me a touch uncomfortable, but... He can only improve. He's a very good keeper, and he will get better as he gets older. Yeah, for sure. Laz, I make it this chance here for uh, Tommy Glover, mm-hmm. if he is to uh, come in, if Matt Ryan is deemed unfit for the Asian Cup, this could be the yep. uh, dawn of a new era between the posts. Yes, I know Matty's I still think you're the right. captain, yeah. but yeah. this could be it. I think you're right. Have we seen the end for Matt Ryan as the soccer is number one? Possibly. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, it's all supposition, right? But... Yeah. I think I think Tom Glover would be very impressive playing for the for the Socceroos, and I think he would do a great job with it. To be fair, so yeah, look, yeah, I think it's approaching the the end of time. You know, the end of Matty Ryan's time under the sticks. Look, yes, he's still the captain. He's only thirty one. There's opportunity for him to come back into it. I'm not sure. signing him a death knell yet, but there is a strong opportunity here for Tom Glover. And no, no and doubt, no doubt, maybe. This is his chance. He's got to take it with both hands, as keepers like to do. Correct. And um, uh, he can uh, run through that door. Um, elsewhere, Laz, no, for the Socceroos. Yeah. Um, the match against Lebanon was confirmed to be taking place at Combank. Yep. In Good March. Good call. Good call. Yeah. We covered it off last week, but uh, they should host the game there. And good to see that they've uh, gone through with that and uh, made that same decision. Yeah, as much as we'd like to see the Socceroos play at Newcastle and Townsville, Adelaide and Perth, this game had to be in Parramatta, didn't it? Very much so. That's the right call. (laughs) It's the right call. So good luck to you know, good luck to FA for for um, having the foresight to do that. Unless we have to talk about the most informed Socceroo going at the moment. Go on, El (laughs) Duna, Bruno Fornaroli. Yes, yes. Yeah, I know you're quite, at the weekend. You're quite bullish on him, which is very good to see. I am. And surely, surely, you get him on that plane to Qatar in January. Yeah. He would be part of my squad. He has to go. He His form warrants it now. His performance on the weekend was just brilliant. It's he's, getting to the point now where if Graham Arnold doesn't pick Bruno, he's doing a disservice to the team. Well, we're getting to that point now. And yeah, I, I agree. Coral is making himself undeniable. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm. 
I agree with you. He has. He's definitely got to be on the plane that goes over. Well, I still think they'll start with Mitch Duke, and I'm not necessarily saying that that's a wrong decision, but 20 minutes to go, 30 minutes to go, you're oh. needing a goal in a quarterfinal Gotta against, chuck him on. I don't know, Thailand or Iran, chuck him on. And the form he's in, I wouldn't bet against him to go and nick that all-important one. I think you're right there, Nathan. Look, I think he's got to go. He gives us a he gives us a quality that strike that some of Australia strikers don't have. He can finish from outside the box. He is a poacher. He's got it all. So why not take him? Yes, yeah. okay. And, Age. Yeah. He is a little bit older than the rest of the squad, but he still looks fit to me. And I think he would be, be you know, I think he would be a real pain in the ass for defenders to deal with at the AFC Asian Cup. I think, especially with twenty minutes to go. With him zipping around everywhere, with the ball trying, you know, with him but trying to be played feet. Oh, yeah, he, you know, fresh, fresh legs. Oh, I can't see anything wrong with that. I think it's a great call. I think he, I think he has to go though. I think he has to go, even just to give a, uh, Arnie another, you know, option, alternative in the striking department. He needs to go. I think it's pretty cut and dry. You take Mitch Duke, you take Bruno, and you take McLaren. I agree with you. Yeah. And those are the three strikers that go on the plane. And what about Lecky? Honest, would you play Lecky? Yeah. Would you play, would you play Lecky as a striker? Probably not. Rather just just go wide. Yeah. Wide put minute. him out wide or put him in the middle if you need to. If needs must, like can can go in the middle as mm. a, as a midfielder. Um, but for mine, it is in that order: Duke, Fornaroli, then McLaren. Yeah. Look, Arnie's going to pick Duke. He's going to start Duke. Yeah. Right. He, he love he loves him, and I get it. He's a Tall guy can hold the ball up. Look, that's one thing he can do is hold the ball up and play with his back to goal, right? Whilst with um, with Fornaroli, he needs to run onto the ball. Yeah, that he does. Maybe that's someone you bring on then when you're winning a game by one goal to hit on the break and space him behind this sort of thing. Mm. But in any case, it is a different option. And mm. for mine, if I'm looking at Fornaroli and McLaren on the bench needing a goal, I think I'm more inclined to put Fornaroli on at the moment. And I agree with you. There's a bit of an indictment on McLaren because it's not exactly news, but the guy is the all-time leading scorer in the A-League. What is it, 152 he's on now mm. in, in the domestic competition? And still, for a soccer shirt, like, not all that. Yeah. Look, he's had a rough... He's not had an easy time at the soccer but when you're playing international football, you shouldn't be having easy times either, right? Uh, so the question is, what do you do with McLaren? McLaren will be a bench player. We know that he's going to start with Duke. And, yeah, with 20 minutes to go and you need a goal, you bring on Fornaroli. And if you need to bring on McLaren, so be it. You know, if you're, if you're uh, out uh, trying to chase a result. But, Laz, it was a big week in the A-League. Yeah, that it was. There's a lot to dissect and cover off for this week. Your MacArthur Bulls. Top of the table. 2-0 victors and top of the table. Mm-hmm. I don't so, think anyone saw that coming. Yeah, it's a great result. Great result. Even though, the uh, you know, there was a red card, but... So be it. That's how it goes. Yeah, it kind of ruined the spectacle of the match, didn't it? Kind of, um, but, you know, hey, it does happen. Yeah, it happens, and you have to deal with that. But uh, Sydney was still pressing, and they could have still got a point or more out of that game Yeah, on the balance of play. But the Bulls were uh, good enough through Aspro, who I think had his best game in a MacArthur shirt. Mm-hmm. And Kirsten was very good. Mm. But Shemak uh, was the one who made the difference The other, going the other way. Good finish. From Jake Holman, but right. uh, goal assist for the uh, for the French marquee. Mm. He's repaying the club. He's so good in the build up. What he does, yeah. They didn't sign him to be an out and out number nine for Legemer. Correct. 
he's there to play as almost a false nine and link up to Holman or Drew or Rose or Raphael, whoever it is, mm. in the attacking positions, and he's very good at that. Mm. MacArthur plays some good stuff. Mm. They do. That they do. I was very impressed with MacArthur on the weekend. I thought it was, you know, a good performance. Solid. Very solid. Uh, I think they're in the top six. Uh, like, even though they're on top, I think they'll end up there. I think they'll stay in the top six, you know, framework. Mm. Or top six contention, I should say. Uh, Maz, what do we call this derby between MacArthur and Sydney? Because it is a Sydney derby. Uh, I, I wasn't going to go there. I was actually going to ask you who you thought, like, which team did you think or which player was the performer of the round? But okay, to answer your question, the nothing derby. There's nothing no derby. the nothing derby. <laughs> There's no rivalry between Sydney and, and MacArthur. No, and trying to ham it up a little bit, I guess, coming into this weekend. But uh, uh, the bullshit derby. Go on. Because MacArthur are the Bulls and Sydney are... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, dear. Dear. Sure. You can call it that if you like. <laughs> there you go. Chance of getting anyone else on from Sydney FC. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Look, I... Good luck to MacArthur. They did well. They, you know, they deserved their win. Uh, I want to say congratulations to the Central Coast because I thought that great was a win. great win and a great performance. And yes, okay, Western United's worst performance of the season, even according to John Aloisi. But is it? But uh, it's it's up there. Look, Central Coast did re- you know did really well in the weekend, and good luck to them. But um, I would say that the performance of the round is Brisbane winning in Adelaide. Oh yeah, they were very good. I'd be I tempted mean, to say the Jets. Jeez. Okay, let's go through it then. Yeah, let's go because there was there was a lot there was a lot to take in and, and they did really well. Um, uh, oh, look, even both sides in Wanderers versus Melbourne victory should <laughs> be getting an honourable mention because that was a hell of a game. That was entertaining as anything. As was the Perth and City game on Friday night. Yes, you're right there. That game was chaos. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It was. Uh, it was a cracking weekend of league action. Yeah, yeah, no, very much so, very much so. That was a really uh, good Asking for a uh, individual performer of the round, for mine it has to be Fornaroli, of course it is. Yeah, I think but so. Team? For a team, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Newcastle, as I said okay. just before. Let's just go through the results uh, mm. as quickly as we can. So there was uh, Friday night, Central Coast Mariners versus Western United, and Central Coast win 4-0. Melbourne City defeating Perth away at Perth 2-1. Newcastle... Jets uh, taking on Wellington Phoenix and beating them 3-0 away. And as we mentioned before, the MacArthur Bulls defeating Sydney FC 2-0. And then we had the Raw, um, Brisbane Raw beating the, yeah, away, sorry. Uh, Brisbane Raw away at Adelaide. I was going to say home for a second, but it was away. Brisbane Raw away at Adelaide winning 2-0, which I think is just a solid performance and, you know, I'm going to give it to Central Coast because I think that's a great result and a great performance. Special mention to Brisbane to win yeah. away at Adelaide. And, uh, but needless to say, the game of the round was the Wanderers hosting Melbourne Victory and Fornaroli's performance. That it was. That and, it your, was and, and, your, and your tweet on the back peg and the message that you sent me saying, get him on the plane. Yeah, he, deser- <laughs> he deserves to be on there. There's no doubt. There's yeah, no doubt whatsoever. For sure. For in sure. my mind, he should be part of the, the squad. And that's. 
how it goes. Although I did say, I did see, we'll get to um, your performance in a minute, but whilst I think of it, what if you, I don't know if you caught up with this, but Graham Arnold is going to pick the Asian Cup squad in mind or being mindful of the Olympics coming up. So because the Olympics aren't a full international uh, the, what does, it, I say, what does he mean by it's, that? It's the, so the qualifying tournament for the Olympics. Oh, right. Okay. When's that on? In, it's straight after the Asian Cup. Right. So that, that probably means you won't be selecting many under-23 players. Correct. Or Correct. is it the, the other way around? Does he want them match sharp or does he not want to overload them? Doesn't want to overload them and doesn't want to pick them for risk of pissing off the clubs that he wants the, to release their play, the players because it's not a FIFA-sanctioned mm. date. Or you know, official FIFA international date. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So and and the AFC Asian Cup is obviously in season for the European clubs. Mm. So you know, and the clubs are bound to release players because of the fact that it's a senior international competition. But with regards to the Olympics being under twenty threes, it's a bit different. That it is, and so you won't see many under twenty three players picked for the Asian Cup, which is a bit of a shame because I think they really are coming on leaves and bounds. As an age group. I agree with you. I think it is a shame. But I can understand the logic as well about not pissing off the clubs of the, you know, of the players that you want to have released to you or to um, to Vidmar with regards to, to Tony Vidmar with regards to the under-23 side. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so that probably means you won't see the likes of Nestri at the Asian mm. Cup. You won't see um, a whole host of players, really. Mm. And you might see a slightly older group, probably a very similar group to who was at the World Cup back in November, December. It might be a very similar team. Possibly, There'll be some yeah. changes enforced at, uh, say, yeah. right back in particular. I think Lewis Miller starts for the Socceroos through mm. lack of other choice, really. He won't take heritage because he's taking a break from football. That's true. Whatever that means. Um, Atkinson, a-, a sabbatical. That's all you can yeah. hope for. Yeah. And um, Atkinson isn't quite fit. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Strain's picked up a knock. So I think we are getting down to Lewis Miller as the obvious pick to start at right fullback. And uh, alongside him, of course, it'll be Sutar and probably Burgess. Yep. Um, maybe you can get Sakati. Maybe save him for the Olympic qualifying. Mm. But it's an interesting time for Graham Arnold to pick, the both, pick both squads because, as you say, you don't want to take players away from their clubs for two months. Correct. Because it probably does a lot of harm in the relationship, but also the players' standings within their squads. Correct, correct. Someone disappears for two months, all of a sudden they've lost their spot. Correct. And then they have a hard time for the rest of the league season to get back in. Yeah, 100%. Um, It's the same thing for African players. Correct. And I don't know what the solution is. Is AFCON and the Asian Cup in July reasonable? Maybe, probably not. Mm -hmm. Probably not. But, yeah, it's always been a factor. Look, the, the fact that Arnie's mentioned it, they're giving it due consideration. I think it's a good thing. Look, I'm glad in a way if that's the case where they are going to take some older heads to this uh, to the Asian Cup. So hopefully they can perform well. Um, yeah, but I think it's the right call, actually. I think it is the right call. You want to give the country every chance to go and qualify for major tournaments. And the Olympics are a major tournament. And, I mean, yes, it's in the realm of men's. It's only under 23, but I think it's... It's look what else do the other twenty threes have? Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, good luck to them. Um, highlight of so what? What did you say your highlight of the A League weekend was? Uh, well, my personal highlight would have been Saturday night, but right. um, 
<laughs> uh, but the game of the round is at Parramatta yeah, on Sunday afternoon. Yep. It's a shame about the kickoff time, and I think we're seeing I, I agree the honeymoon that. period for Parramatta Stadium come to a close because what we see is the RBB in full sun mm-hmm. the entire afternoon. Yeah, because there's no cover. Yeah. Um. So of course, I mean, I'd shirts off in the RBB. I don't think sunscreen's very much on the menu. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the the red for red back black block is uh, their skin at full time. Somebody should tell them it's not Tyneside in the yeah. in in the winter. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my highlight. I think. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Completely, completely understandable. Completely understandable. But it's been a good week for Australian football. Mm. Also has in it, the dub. Hang on, hang on. I was going to say, has it has it been a good week for Australian football? I think so. I think. Oh look, primarily, I think you're right. Uh, with regards to the Matildas, yes, you know, they went down again 1 0, um, but a much better performance, no doubt. Was that on since we last recorded? Wow, that feels yeah. like yeah, it two feels or three like weeks ago now, e- eons ago, doesn't it? <laughs> but, um, yes, yes, so look, much better performance. So, you know, hopefully, um, the Matildas can have a successful year next year. But with regard to the dub, again, some great games. And I uh, caught Perth. Uh, uh, sorry, I caught Melbourne City versus Perth. I thought it was a great, great game. Yeah, cracker, cracker. And it was a weekend where we saw the top two, uh, the top four, all play mm. each other. And yep. I don't think it disappointed. Mornington Melbourne victory was uh, very entertaining as well. I think you're right, actually. Yeah, big surprise results in Canberra putting five past Brisbane. Yeah, did you see the um, the young Serbian girl who got injured as well? She scored a cracking goal and then picked up an injury, which is just terrible to see. It was a hat trick, I think. Yeah, it was a hat trick. Yeah, yeah. It was a hat trick. It was a great performance. But uh, first game in, lifts Canberra to a great win and then cops an injury. It's just sad to see. Sad it to is. See. We ha- I haven't heard how severe it is, but whenever you get Neither into the topic you, of yeah. knee injuries knee injuries in women's football, it's uh, never good. You fear it's the dreaded ACL always, unfortunately, yep. because it's the most prevalent one by the sounds of things. So yeah. Uh, also this weekend, a, a good win for Western Sydney. Yes, yes, it was and, a great win for uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, yeah. And Sophie Harding with another two goals. Yeah. She's having a great time of it this year. And uh, Western United beating Adelaide. Big, you know, good win for them. Good win for them. Mm. So, yeah, things are um, getting toasty in the in the dub, I think. Good to see. Good yeah, to see. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been, and it's been an enjoyable watch, actually. Been really good to see. Should we talk about women's football, but with an Australian slant again? I know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Nathan. Big crowd Arsenal, at Chelsea. Arsenal. Yeah, big crowd. Nearly 60,000. Yeah, a WSL record with Cooney Cross starting on the bench, but starting the game, you had uh, Steph Catley, Caitlin Ford, and Sam Kerr. So very much a strong Aussie contingent, and mm-hmm. it was a surprise win for the Gunners. Surprisingly comprehensive. Indeed. Indeed. And Emma Hayes was saying after the game that, uh, well, she was asked if there's any positives to take from it, and she said, oh, I've only got a 20-minute drive home, which just <laughs> about sums it up for Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, not a good day at the office for Chelsea. No. But uh, congratulations to Arsenal, and job well done. Yeah, yeah. Are they in trouble, Chelsea? Oof. I don't think so. I don't think so. What makes you ask that question? I don't know. They just lost (laughs) 4-1. Yeah, but okay. International, coming back from International Week has an impact, you know. Sure. Team is coming up, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, 
they're still coming to terms. The women's game is still coming to terms with those with those kind of obligations and pressures. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I don't think that it's an issue for Chelsea. Yes, they wouldn't have wanted to lose four one to their you know to their rivals, but they can't do much else about it right now. Point is, less this Chelsea team have been unbeatable in terms of the league title for yeah, so but, many years. Listen, all well, good one run. result doesn't change that, but no, but it, are there some cracks? I think there's a vulnerability to Chelsea in the women in the WSL more so than previous years. I don't know if it's a combination of the fact that Emma Hayes is leaving, you know, at the end of the season, and you know, um, you know, that being an issue with regards to how Chelsea are performing and how the players have taken that on board and and their uh, attempt in trying to deal with that issue. So I want to say that I, I want to say that Chelsea will be fine. I think they'll win the league again, um, and I wouldn't read too much into this right now. I mean, it was their first loss of the season. Yeah. And uh, they've still got the best squad Correct. on paper. They've still got the best manager. Correct. But maybe there's uh, a vulnerability there that other teams can exploit that uh, maybe wasn't seen I, I, in the past. I haven't seen any teams in the WSL that could do that, like Arsenal. Mm. You know, um, yeah, man, you will always be a thorn in the side. Man City will always be a thorn in the side. Mm, possibly Man U, possibly. Although, you know, we've discussed before that they're missing players that uh, they haven't replaced. Um, yeah, I'm kind of scratching my head, my head as to who else um, could could knock over Chelsea in that fashion. And I can't see anyone else doing that kind of job with them. No, maybe not. But up next for Chelsea in the WSL is... Uh, the visit of Manchester United, who picked up a 4-0 win this week over Spurs. Mm-hmm. Haven't um, Manchester United got Liverpool? I'm pretty sure it's a doubleheader, actually. I'm pretty sure it's... Oh, I skipped ahead a week. Yes, Liverpool versus... Yeah, oh, just yes. something just seemed to pop out in my mind. Liverpool mm. were playing uh, Man U at Anfield in the men's and then might be the other way around. No, that's it. No, that's it. And um, Liverpool's women are travelling to um, Manchester United, I believe. Yes, I did skip a week ahead, Chelsea are at uh, Bristol City this weekend. Um, but uh, it's a tough run of fixtures for United. Tottenham, then Liverpool, then Chelsea. Not a- not easy. Not easy. No. And look, Liverpool and the women's have definitely picked up their game. Oh, they have, yeah. So it'll be an About interesting... time, too. Yeah, sure. And look, all these clubs are going to get with the program, right? It's just mm. a matter of time till they get it right. Um, like Real Madrid, for instance, in the women's, right? Yeah. So it- it's just a matter of time before... Uh, everyone gets their house in order with regards to that. But, yeah, uh, yeah, oh, it's an interesting time. Uh, and it, it is good to see Liverpool be a serious pain in the backside to these other teams. Um, one side I hate getting the women's is Spurs for some reason. I don't understand why they suffer the way they do. But um, is it? it's probably just an investment thing, really. Possibly. I mean, Yeah, possibly. And one thing we haven't spoken about is Manchester City, actually, really in depth. They look good. I yeah, I'd, I'd say they don't look great. Agreed. Sure, they put seven past Spurs before the break. Yeah, but they only squeaked past Villa this weekend. Correct. And they got some great players in there. Like yeah, they do. Uh, Jill Rod has worked out pretty well for them. The new signing. Mm-hmm. Mary Fowler's looking all right, and yeah, they're just not quite there. They're not. Far I'm sure off they'll finish though. top four. They're not they'll far off. Finish it. top three. Yeah. But no, yeah, you're right. They're not far off. But I think Chelsea and Arsenal are the best two teams. Yeah. Shall we move on? Let's do it, Les. We okay. uh, got some uh, stories around the world to cover off, do we? Well, first thing is MLS. Yes. 
and Columbus crew. And congratulations to them for taking out the MLS Cup and knocking over LAFC. And well-deserved on the day. They were the better team. A little bit of controversy over uh, handball call, but not for mm-hmm. mine. Not for mine. I think it's just creating some drama. I don't think it was that controversial of a decision, but it has uh, hung around a little bit, the discussion around it. For mine, they were very good. They were well worth the MLS Cup, and it is two in four years for them. And goes to show that Columbus crew, who were very much at risk of being relocated back in 2019, mm. that uh, they've been able to uh, find a, a new backer to keep them there in Ohio, and they've been rewarded with a great stadium, a great supporter base, and a successful football team. Yeah. And hats off to them. Agreed. 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 Mm. So where should we go now? Laz, another league wrapped up this weekend, just gone. We're going to talk about Brazil, are we? Yes, we are. I knew we were going to bring this up, and I uh, was going to bring this up as well. And this, mm. is, this is astonishing. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's astonishing. For Brazilian football, this is a travesty. I don't know if it's a travesty. This is a huge story. I mean, Santos, right? Sure. Pele's Santos. Yes. 113? Something like that. that, Years in existence, never relegated, always in the top division until this weekend. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Insane. And the tagline I saw is that uh, at least Pele's not around to see this. Yeah. That's the only solace they're taking. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, listen, he would be hurting. Um, Yeah. Somebody should ask Neymar how he feels about Santos being relegated. Mm. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting to yeah. me. Because mm. that's where he came through. But uh, Correct. The uh, people of Santos have not taken too kindly to their uh, club's relegation. The the fans of Santos, yes, in uh, Fortaleza, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've seen some of the footage there and it's not great. Not great no. at all. I mean, I wouldn't expect any different. Yeah, but, but I, don't know if, I don't know if you're going to go out during the week and go, you know what, it's Thursday night, my team has been relegated for the first time in 111 years. Let's set fire to a bus. <laughs> Just go crazy. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, imagine if, you know, imagine if they were to get promotion again. Let's hypothetically say that, you know, Santos doesn't get promotion for another 111 years. And they just stay relegated, stay in the second tier. They just stay in the second tier and then, 113 years comes up or 111 years comes up, they get mm. really, they get promoted. Is you know is that what uh, people are expecting? I don't I don't know. It's just look uh, with leagues, most leagues around the world, except for Australia, unfortunately, and the MLS um, promotion relegation is so important, so important. You know, to trying to goes a long way to trying to be innovative and effective in in coming up with plays and a system where you know. You're, you're you're creating something. You're you know you're forced to take action in that way because of the circumstances. Whilst in a licensed system, really the only person that feels pressure is the coach because the players will go, you know what, we're here next season. We're not going to get relegated anyway because we don't have to go anywhere. Yep. Fuck you. Yep. That's it. And there's always another club around the corner to pick you up if you are released. You just have to look at a whole host of players in Australian football. They have five, six, seven, eight clubs before they turn 25. And that's the beauty of a relegation system, mm. is that you force teams to be uh, more professional in- and more serious in terms of their results, and there's more pressure on everyone involved, and pressure makes diamonds. Unfortunately for Santos, they've succumbed to the uh, trap door, as it's always called, but I'm sure they'll be back next I season. Gonna, I was going to say a bit of a mine, but anyway. <laughs> but yes, Santos will be back, I'm sure. I think so. I think so. I don't think they'll be down there for too long. But yeah, like you said, the only positive was that um, 
that Pele didn't get to see them relegated ever. Mm, yep. But, you know, a year after his passing, just about, and or a few months after his passing, and there you go. Indeed, indeed. Laz, we've had the uh, group stage draw for the Copa America. Yes, Nathan. Uh, this was something that did catch my eye. Mm. What did you make of the groups? Eh, you know, Mexico, it Venez- all right. Mexico, Venezuela, Ecuador, Jamaica. That's, that's an interesting the trickiest. one. That's, that's a the very, trickiest group. That's a very interesting group, that one. Uh, that is Group B. And I would fancy Mexico and Venezuela to go through, but Ecuador are a good side. So that one, I think, has probably the most jeopardy about it. What about uh, USA and Uruguay together? Yeah, they'll go through. They're in a group alongside Panama and Bolivia. Yeah, There's that's correct. Not a whole lot there to be worried about if you're the US or the uh, Uruguayans, but uh, Uruguay will top the group, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, uh, Group A is interesting with uh, Argentina, Peru, Chile, and possibly Canada, possibly Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you make of that? Um, oh, it's Argentina's to lose, really. Yeah. I mean, it's... I think they're not only favourites for that group, obviously, but favourites for the whole thing outright. Well and truly. Hard to argue. Well and truly. Followed by Uruguay. Yeah. And Group D, Brazil, Colombia, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paraguay alongside the playoff winner of uh, Honduras and Costa Rica. Vamos Honduras. Yeah. I think, though, for this group, if it's not Brazil and Colombia, I'll be surprised. Mm. But the way the groups have been drawn, Argentina and Brazil could only meet in the final. Which I don't have a problem with. No which I'm sure they're very happy about as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where should we go to next, Nathan? Uh, do you have any other Tip wonderful bits? stories that uh, caught your eye? No, I'm... Actually, yes, there is one. Go on. The world of football line marking has changed forever. You're looking at me very quizzically. Yes, I am. So you recall with our World Cup preview special series for the Men's World Cup, we had that quirky fact about uh, robots being camel... You know, jockeys for camel racing. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> I think I found their cousins for line marking. Oh, go on. <laughs> so I came across a video where uh, on LinkedIn, actually, of all places, where uh, there is a low-lying, obviously in order for it to mark lines, a low-lying robot, which um, does the corner markings and the line markings on its own, unassisted. Hmm. Very good. So it looks like line marking won't be the realm of the groundsman anymore because they'll be assisted with this automated line marker. So the only thing they'll have to worry about is growing turf. Fantastic. Very. But a new age, huh? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Guaranteed to be straight lines all the time as well. Yes. It it does. It does look like uh, you know a little you know those electric lawnmowers or Mm -hmm. hover. Yeah, those little hover mowers or whatever they are. It yep. basically looks like that just with an extendable arm. Oh, great. It just, okay. does, just does the line. And for some reason, that triggered off the uh, robot camel jockeys <laughs> and how far yeah, they were great. And how far technology <laughs> comes. Yep, they were fantastic. If so you you're new to the pod and you weren't around for our World Cup preview series, do go and search up the, uh, the robot jockeys on the camel races. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the last preview series. Uh, I think that was the last preview episode, actually. It was so, getting a bit yeah. unhinged by then. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> but yeah, it was quite funny. It was quite funny. But if, uh, yeah, if you don't check it out, just go, you know, YouTube robot camel jockeys Doha and that'll come up. <laughs> uh, the other thing about technology is I've noticed that uh, a lot of BBC pundits have decided that uh, they want to give VAR the flick, including your mate, Gary Lineker. 
my mate. I thought he was your mate. Okay. (laughs) Our unofficial mate of the pod, Gary Linick. (laughs) Ah, we love you, Gary. Mm. Yeah, he's changed his tune on VAR. Only took him how many seasons? He admitted he was a proponent of it. He admitted he was in favour of it. And now he's realised that he doesn't like it and wants it scrapped. Yeah. I mean, it's the same as always. It's not the technology. It's the people using it. Correct. And... I'm in favour of scrapping whatever the Premier League has determined its protocols to be for the VAR. I'm not surprised there. Um, I just look around to some of the other football that doesn't have VAR and you see some of the shocking calls, but mm. the one that sticks out to mind is the uh, Real Madrid-Chelsea in the Women's Champions League. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, hard to argue there. No VAR in that, and that was a disaster on multiple counts. I don't know what we do with it because... I didn't want it to begin with, VAR, because I think the emotion of football's too strong and too unique and too much a one-time thing on average in a game to mm. really mess with. Yeah. I think that's what well, is inherently very sensitive and very delicate. Scrap it. and Scrap it. Just scrap it. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of it. <laughs> we talked about it a few weeks ago. Like, yeah. The average score in football is 1-1. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That means that for... Everybody in the stadium and everybody watching at home that has a dog in that fight, mm-hmm. there is one moment for them to celebrate in the game. Mm. In, in a whole week, there is one instance. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And the impact is, whenever there's a goal scored, whether it be by MacArthur or Manchester United or whoever else, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, oh, is he offside? Oh, is there a foul in the build-up that I didn't see? Is there something? Is Correct. there some reason for them to disallow this goal? I'm going to Compared bring to the old days yeah. where goal scores, you celebrate, you have a glance over to the line, always a flag up. No, great. Pandemonium. I'm going to bring up a point here, Nathan, and I know that um, you might not like it because it's Liverpool related, but uh, <laughs> the the penalty that Crystal Palace got, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, well, I shouldn't say that you might not like it. You will like it because you're anti Liverpool. And they can, <laughs> right? But. I think it's ridiculous to to have a minute 45 in time pass between an incident that is being looked at for a penalty and the penalty given. We're talking about a minute 45 in play, not a minute 45 in VAR deciding time. I think that's I think that's crazy. Yeah, the delay in the assistance was because there was a really tight offside in the build up to that. Yeah, that's what was the cause of the delay and That's true, but still it's isn't it too far back? Isn't it too far gone? It is. And isn't it the only re- way to... isn't it re-refereeing the game? It is a bit. That's why I, I think I think the penalty was a little bit harsh too. It wasn't like yeah. a stonewall penalty. It was yeah, probably it's a penalty. It's not yes, definitely. Yeah. And you can speed that up when you look, we should already have the semi-automated offsides in the Premier League, but the club said no for some reason that is still unknown <sighs> to me. Um surely the best league in the world should have the best refereeing tools it's available. The... <sighs> It's the bloody APL. Anyway, it, it's just, it, it's baffling to me. Yeah. Baffling to but me. But I don't necessarily disagree with going back and correcting a mistake, even if the game is resumed. Well, that's what would have happened in the Liverpool Spurs issue. No, no. Not if it's been resumed. If the play didn't stop. If the play didn't stop. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I know where you're yeah, going. Like, that's if, what I mean. if the play's too far gone or whatever the case is. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. No, it, it just get rid of it. VAR, get rid. Yep. Agree. Done. Decided. We agree with... Waste of time. Waste of time. <laughs> Just go with semi-automated offsides and goal line technology and that's it. Yep. I'm happy to go with that. 
Same here. Same here. Good. And I think the game will be better all for it. Yes, we made have a couple of wrong decisions and some goals that probably shouldn't stand and some goals that don't stand that probably should have, but yep. and, and I think we'll all be happier. And we've resolved that issue and then the handball issue, which we resolved last week, and we're right. Yep. Yep. Completely. Uh, the game's look, the game's in great, you know, great fiddle. Yeah, if only if it was in our hands. <laughs> <laughs> Laz, what are you looking forward to this week and Ooh, weekend? Jeez, jeez. Well, you know, Champions League, Nathan. There's only one thing that we're worried about this week. Yes, for sure. Uh, and that's both you and I, um, with our respective clubs. Yeah, it's um, going to be an interesting week this week. So Thursday morning for um, Newcastle United, and Wednesday morning uh, for yourself. But um, I know that uh, the Newcastle United supporters will be at Cheers Bar in Sydney, um, and on Thursday morning. So, yeah, if you're looking for a good atmosphere next, you know, this Thursday morning, go to Cheers and become a Geordie. So, you know, it, just even for the day. And I should also add that the uh, Manchester United Supporters Club in New South Wales will be meeting at uh, Scruffy Murphy's, as they always do. Yep, that's true. That's the home of the uh, Man U supporters. And uh, might be some sorrows to be drowned this week and weekend. <laughs> Seems that way. Let's just wait and see what happens. But, I think uh, Liverpool Man United is the uh, the blue ribbon fixture for this weekend. Yeah, Fulham will be interesting. Yeah, it Arsenal is. Arsenal Brighton will be as well. But it's... whatever uh, happens on Monday morning will be the uh, the big news from the weekend. I'm sure. Yeah, I um, in the Europa League, I'm looking forward to Roma Sheriff Roma versus FC Sheriff. That's yeah. just you know that could be fraught with danger for Mourinho, but you never know. FC Absolutely. Sheriff, have, you know, I've always been a thorn on the side of Mourinho's team. So there you go. Um, so that's something to uh, comical and just to keep an eye out on that. But um, that being said, yeah, you're right, Nathan. This weekend is really all about Manchester United's visit to Anfield and how that plays out. Tell you what, there are some uh, eerie parallels with this week and this time of year mm-hmm. to uh, five years ago with Jose Mourinho's visit. With his Manchester United teams at Anfield, they got smacked off the park. Zerat and Shakiri put the final nail in the Jose coffin. Yeah, well, I don't think whatever happens on the weekend, it'll be the end of Eric Ten Hag because I think his future rests with Sir Jim Ratcliffe and David Brailsford. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I'm glad. I'm glad that that's the case. Yeah, and I'd like. I think the Glazers are only keeping him around because they don't want to uh, cause any drama for the new regime before they even take over, which might um, endanger the deal. No, that's fair enough. Club World Cup starts as well this week, Nathan. We should mention that in Saudi Arabia. Yep, that it does. So that's um, something of interest. Uh, so Leon from Mexico are taking on Uruguay Red Diamonds and uh, luckily are going to take on the winner of al Ittihad or Auckland City. There's also oh, Auckland City. Yeah, that's right. And there's also the spec, the East Anglian derby this yes, weekend. Ipswich true. Town versus Norwich in the championship. So that'll be fun. That will be a big game. That will be fun. So if you can get around that, that'll be great to see as well. So, yeah, um, oh, there's plenty of good football. There's plenty of good football. Looking forward to Raul Sociedad against Raul Betis as well. Yes. That should be fun. Yeah, that should be. Athletic Club Bilbao taking on Atletico Madrid. Yeah, big game. That'll be fun. And uh, Valencia versus Barcelona in Spain as well, which will be fun to get around as well. And uh, Bayern Stuttgart is on this weekend. Which is a really good game. Really and good Stuttgart game. And Stuttgart throw another cat amongst the pigeons. I think they can, though. I think they can. Mm. Lazio versus Inter as well. 
Pretty good. So yeah. Uh Eintracht Frankfurt are away to Bayer Leverkusen. Good one, that. That is a good one, considering that, you know, Eintracht Frankfurt are all over the place. But uh, <laughs> and but pumped, you know, pumped, pumped um by Munich five one, which is crazy. Scottish League Cup finals on Rangers versus Aberdeen as well this weekend. Beautiful. So Laz, we also yes. have a uh, Aloisi Derby. Yeah, there is an Aloisi Derby. <laughs> there is an Aloisi Derby, yes. Is this the last stand for John? I think it is. I think it is. It has to be, surely. It has to be. I mean, it'd be quite something if Ross Aloisi was to uh, put the, the final nail on the coffin for John just, Aloisi's time mm, at Western United. Just one of life's ridiculous quirks, Yep. to be honest. But good weekend in A-League in prospect. Western Sydney, Adelaide as well. Big blues this weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, oh, the A-League's just uh, been an interesting watch again this and season. the Bulls, again, are on at Monday night down here at Campbelltown hosting. Wellington. Wellington. MacArthur be... Mondays are in action again. MacArthur Mondays. I like that. Look, MacArthur Mondays. pretty good. The Bulls against Adelaide United mm. uh, a week ago. Mm. Yes, uh, Adelaide coming back to, um, like you mentioned, I think uh, a moment ago, Adelaide coming back to Sydney to take on Western Sydney Wanderers. Mm-hmm. So Sydney can get a chance to watch Irukunda again. But, yeah, get um, out and see him. Yeah. It uh, was not a good weekend for him this weekend, and he's been um, in the spotlight a bit for um, his reaction to being substituted, but that's the, the pressure of football, unfortunately. That, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes, uh, looking forward to the big blue, actually. I think it'll be interesting to see how Sydney to see how Sydney FC bounce back from their defeat last weekend against a, a a team in Melbourne victory that I really can't get a hold of. Like I can't get a grip on where they're at. I mean, I think they'll finish again top four. Um, Fourth, I want to say. Yeah, but uh, they're just up and down. Yeah, you know. But four yeah. is in great form, so you know. Let's wait and see what and happens there. Look, he's suspended for this weekend, Redmayne. It'll be Pavlicic in goal for the Sky Blues. Uh, I has it, yes, to say that uh, Redmayne won't get back in. I think you're right. I think Redmayne is pretty much done, unfortunately, for him. Yep. We should mention um, Manchester United versus Liverpool in the wins this weekend mm-hmm. as well. Yep, big game. Yeah, so that's one to keep an eye on. That is a big game for the Champions League race for next season. Indeed, indeed. But, uh, it's um, uh, always a big week in football, Laz. Yes. There's so much football to uh, cover off. Pleasure as always, Nathan. Well, absolute pleasure as always. Love talking and, football with uh, you. Yeah, likewise. It's uh, always a fun blast. And um, we thank uh, each and every one of the listeners for ch- tuning in, checking us out, leaving reviews, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Indeed, indeed. Thanks, everyone. Please follow us on our social media platforms and enjoy the football Good luck to Manchester United. Not too much luck. Good luck luck to Newcastle. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to need it. But uh, it'll be an interesting watch. And, uh, yeah, look forward to talking about it again next week. Worst case, both of us finish third. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) See you all. Take care.